Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. A blessed epiphany to you. You have come to this holy place to worship Christ the King, revealed to you by the Holy Spirit so that you might receive this gospel through faith. And what is the very height of wisdom in this world? Is it your master's and doctorate degrees that you can obtain from any school in the country? No, that's not the height of wisdom. Is it becoming old with gray hair? As I used to tell many people, with every gray hair you gain wisdom. So stop dyeing your hair, folks. No, that's not it. You do gain experience and there is some worldly wisdom in that. But the height of wisdom that we are talking about is being at the feet of Jesus and worshiping him. There is no greater wisdom than that. Leaving everything behind and being where Christ is. That is wisdom. And guess what? That wisdom is given to the young as it is given to the old. Foolishness, on the other hand, which is often talked about alongside wisdom, you have some comparison here. Foolishness, on the other hand, is to know where Christ is to be found and yet make no effort to go and see him. So think about this. In our text, in the gospel, in Matthew chapter 2, you encountered the chief priests and the scribes who, without much thought, how amazing this is, without much thought, you have the entire canon of the Old Testament, and without much thought, all they did was hear these words that Herod repeated from the wise men, and they knew immediately what they were saying, what the wise men were asking. I mean, It took no effort on their part. They interpreted what this question was and they immediately thought in the scriptures, knowing it so well, having it all memorized in their minds. And they said, okay, Micah, okay, 2 Samuel, yeah, this all works together. Okay, this is the answer. He's going to be found in Bethlehem and he's going to be the shepherd of the people of Israel. This is what we understand from the Bible. They recognize like this what they were saying what they were searching for. But they didn't go. They didn't accompany the wise men. Neither did Herod. And, you know, about that, you and I might expect, I mean, let's not try and be deceitful here. We do make judgments in this life. Not the judgments condemning somebody to hell. That's reserved for God. We base on what we know, what the person says and what the person does. So you and I, reading this text, would have expected such foolishness of not going to Christ from somebody like King Herod. Why? Because he's a pagan, right? He was wicked. He was a selfish man. And just like in our own lives, there are those who by the way that they live, what they say, what they do, what they don't do, who they associate with, that, well, we might say the same thing. We would understand or expect them or not be surprised by their foolishness, by their not coming, even though they've heard the good news. So 
I don't want you to hear me say that, that that means we don't go and share the good news with them or we just say, okay, because you're like that, we're not going to share Christ with you. Quite the opposite. Go that and do it. Pray for them. But don't be surprised at their refusal to follow Jesus. But most of the time, when I receive phone calls now as a pastor of, of a church, and you know, actually two churches now, the people asking about where such and such a person has gone in their life, why they left the congregation of the faithful, is all because they're, they are surprised. They're surprised by this person. Because people that they're calling about are at one time or another were considered like the scribes and the chief priests. They knew the scriptures very well. They were catechized. They partook of the Lord's Supper and his blessing here at the altar. They prayed with you. They prayed for you. Your kids maybe grew up with them in Sunday school, or you maybe grew up with them in Sunday school. And now we're surprised. Where did they go? They had the knowledge. They knew where Christ was. And then they stopped going and joining with the congregation of believers. They're surprised just as we should be regarding the chief priests and the scribes. Foolishness in this life is giving up your search for Christ, especially when you know where to find him. Foolishness is knowing that he has come to save you from your sins and your waywardness, even your impending death, but not going to the door and knocking, though Jesus has said that it will always be open to you. Foolishness isn't just the King Herod's. Foolishness is also knowing the truth and denying it for the sake of something else. You and I cannot remake Christianity into our own image. We cannot redefine what it means to live and believe in the Lord and so make marginal Christians, as many have called them, look less and less like they are living in sin or that they're not truly denying coming to the Lord's house, but they're just busy. You know, Jesus rebuked the scribes and the Pharisees in his public ministry because he says they should have known better. They were the ones that were to be the example. He rebukes the ruling powers when they do not see their authority as coming from above and recognizing that Jesus' coming kingdom of grace is the lasting kingdom which draws people from every tribe, nation, and language so that those prophecies which we heard given to Abraham would be fulfilled, the covenant would be fulfilled, that all nations would be blessed. The Lord God will call all men unto his Son to the baby born in Bethlehem, to the Virgin Mary. Epiphany, and the reason we celebrate it on January the 6th, is because it marks this revelation of the gospel to all nations, to the whole world. As I've said in past years, you most likely do not have a Jewish heritage. You are among the Gentiles. And if this were not the case, that God's message was for the whole world, you would not be included in the body of Christ. You would be and remain among the foolish. But think about this as well. The Old Testament, the word goes out to all people, even to foreign nations. They are rebuked in their sin for what they do and caused 
the Lord to his, for his name to be known throughout all nations, even as you hear of the time of the people of uh, the Hebrews in Egypt. The whole reason the Lord's plagues go out to those people is so that the name of the Lord may be known in all the world. So this wasn't a new thing, the gospel going to all nations. They were to, in fact, be expecting that. For the coming of the Lord into the heart of man comes from hearing the word of God and the work of the Holy Spirit to create faith in the heart. The wise men had come from the east out of Babylon because 500 years plus prior to this, there was a man there whose name was Daniel who did not deny his faith in captivity, but believed that God's word could change the foolish hearts of those that surrounded him, an unbelieving and pagan nation. And so he stood by with his heart filled with the wisdom of God, and he remained faithful. Daniel believed that this word from the Lord had the power to make one wise, and he was right. Throughout all those 500 years, Some from among the Babylonians held on to that word, even though they did not have the full revelation. They did not have necessarily the later prophets like Micah. They had enough to know that the Lord God Almighty would come to this earth and that when he came, the Lord would make him known to all nations and they would be ready to greet him. So from generation to generation, they passed on that news until those who came today, the truly wise ones from among the towns and places around Jerusalem. In Ephesians chapter 1, we read this. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins, our trust, or the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. So we learn that God has but one holy people. God has but one body. These people who are called to his son, Jesus Christ, are called by God's grace. They are filled with the joy of the Lord's coming. And they heeded the call of the Lord, and they left everything, traveling and journeying from the east to find him, following a star, following the word. It didn't matter what land or language that people once belonged to, for in Christ Jesus, they all became one people. And it's so great a mystery for you and I to consider. This mystery that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. It's so great for us to consider because we are among them. We were from the Gentiles. We were from the foolish ones. And those chief priests and the scribes who were once considered the wisest, God shows that they are no longer wise. For there is no greater height to wisdom than to leave your old world behind and come to find the king made known to you and worship at his feet. 
God truly does show that if the people would be silent, he would call out repraise and rejoicing from even the stones. For those stones come to find him. People can claim to be wise and good people. They may even be at one time considered the most knowledgeable when it comes to the Bible passages. They may be those once confirmed and their pictures may be on the walls in our fellowship hall. And they might have once been considered by you some of the greatest members in our church body, in the body of Christ. But if now they have chosen to stay behind, to not listen and heed the word and the calling of Christ, to come from their homes and their workplaces, they have exchanged wisdom for foolishness. They have gone after a wisdom of the world, which is foolishness to God. We cannot hide behind what they once were, but we might consider now, beginning to ask God that they be returned, all who have been led astray by the foolishness of the world, that they might repent of their sins, just as we must daily repent of our temptation to follow after the wisdom of the world. And God, by his mercy, may bring them once again into this holy place. And they shall once again be filled with the true joy, because all who seek the one true king, no matter how weak they were, no matter how much they were discouraged or troubled, confused, battered, ragged, or marred, those who come to the Savior in humility, in repentance, meek and lowly, confessing their sins, they will not be turned away. That child grew up to be the man who bore the sins of all the worlds, all our sins, so that those who come to him would have the forgiveness that they long for. They will find, they will find one who desires, who is as his will to lavish upon them the riches of his grace, the abundance of his forgiveness, the immense gratitude pardon to all their sins because his blood was shed. He will unite himself to them once again, just as he unites heaven and earth in his own body. Tonight set before you is a table with bread and wine. And it seems ordinary, it seems possibly even foolish to lift it up as being anything extraordinary. But at the words of Jesus, you have come Humbly bowed before the Lord, repentant and desiring the forgiveness which he has said he gives. And at his words, faith has led you away from your homes, away from your work, and from anything you had on your agenda to accomplish. He has brought you out of the midst of an unholy and foolish people to receive the wisdom and joy in the union to his body and his blood. Set before you is the feast of the king of kings, but yet you may not find any kings among us, at least not by earthly standards. But God raises you up to make you a king. He reserves this place for the lowly, for those who believe that he is the king of kings. It is reserved for those who in the wisdom of Christ draw near, And in this meal, he unites you with heaven, just 
as he does together in one confession through the body of Jesus. The Lord has led you here to his feet. To the feet of Christ you have come, to the presence of God you draw near, not because you have been coerced or guilted into it. The Lord has led you here to the feet of Christ in the presence of God, not even to receive your tithes or your offerings, though you may have brought those to honor him, but he has brought you here for one reason and one reason only, to give you the treasure of eternal life. It isn't ever paid for by your gold or silver which you bring. It's not going to be paid for by the time you sacrifice, the time you spend here serving God. Your redemption has fully been purchased by Christ, who grew up to be the God-man who gave himself as the sinless offering in your place. So do not hold back from the Lord your burdens nor your sins. Give them all to the one who came to honor you with his presence and who has made you wise by faith to receive the good news, the gospel, with joy and thanksgiving and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.